0: Hello and welcome to the Twin Troopers podcast. My name is Eric, and this week I kind of we're going to be trying a different type of episode where we interview an Imperial Soul player and ask them for their tips for the game. Now I've been thinking about this for a while, um, essentially looking for a format that would enable this podcast to kind of help the community engage with each other a little bit more and which is hard because we're all over the country but the easy part as well is that there just kind of aren't that many of us so a lot of times if you're looking at the ffg boards or reddit uh, you'll probably notice a lot of familiar names and this is kind of my the aspect of twin troopers where i kind of want to have a project where we're gonna start to kind of flesh out who those people are because a lot of them are really friendly so to start that off i kind of I started off with someone who, at my first tournament, he was someone who was, we were complete strangers, but we kind of sat down next to each other and just started chatting. And just, we kind of really got along. He was really friendly. He was willing to give me advice. And he and I have been pretty good friends ever since. And I am talking about Jake Peterson. Uh, Jake is a native to Fargo, North Dakota. So that's how I met him. He came to, I believe, the ffg regional ffg home store regional and jake has been a really great guy in a lot of ways so even just for instance this weekend he went out of his way to put me in touch with another player who wanted to he wanted me to borrow a card when he wanted to loan a card assassinate um and he went out of the way to facilitate the trade and this is for a new player who doesn't have that much stuff yet and you know and he took the card after it and now he's going to mail it back to me and, I, you know, even though, right, this is just kind of small stuff, but right, it's, it's things that he doesn't have to do, but because he's just that kind of a, he's a very polite, friendly guy who wants to help you enjoy your time in the game. Um, so that, that's kind of like what First me would get him on. The other aspect, though, was that he's also an excellent player. He's uh, been in the top 16. He'll, he'll say that he's too mo- he's modest, so he won't, probably won't brag about it, but he's been uh, in the top 16 of Worlds two years in a row now. So I, I'm definitely one to admit that chance plays a role in a lot of aspects of competitive gaming, but at two years in a row, it really doesn't, you know, that it can't be explained by luck anymore. So I think he has, he has a lot of great things to say. I really enjoyed this comp, this conversation. And as always, he was incredibly polite. And I think you're gonna have a lot to learn from him. So please enjoy this interview with Jake Peterson. Hello, and welcome to the Twin Troopers podcast. My name is Eric, and today I'm doing a very special interview with Jake Peterson. Hello, Jake. Hi. Hey. Hello, listeners. Hey, Jake. So, you are no novice to Imperial Assault podcasting, right? Um, I like to think I got lucky, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that about other things too, I know. <laughs> so uh, why don't, before we get into kind of the meat of what we're going to talk about today, why don't you just, I should have warned you that I was going to ask you this, but why don't you just tell us how you got started into Imperial Assault before we go um, too too far. Right. Uh, the way I got started into Imperial Assault is
1: that I saw a single, I, like I read a single preview in, I want to say, October 2014, and decided, hey, that looks cool. So when it came out in December, I think it was like, the twenty first or something, Christmas mm. season was already over. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I haven't got myself a gift yet. I just pop into the store <laughs> on release day, pick it up, and i uh, have been playing ever
0: since. And that was just the set right? Yep, just back, the corset. day. Uh, wave one was a big deal when it came out. I believe it. Yeah, God, I wasn't even. I wasn't even playing X Wing or anything like that. X Wing was my first game, and I don't yeah. even know if X Wing was out yet. But uh, probably.
1: Oh, X Wing is twenty twelve. I started playing oh. X Wing in summer twenty fourteen. Okay. And Interesting. Then, so I uh, cut my teeth on the Phantom there and then decided I could play another game. Yeah. And now it's... And I figured I'd play Imperial Assault as a campaign game for the heck of it Well, I'm not, while well, I'm getting ready for X-Wing tournaments. And now it's basically the other way around of I go play X-Wing <laughs> League
0: for the for the S's and the G's and I play Imperial Assault <laughs> competitively. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. So, well, let's get into it, right? As you know, I contacted you and gave you the prompt that I'm just looking for tips for new players, for experienced players, on basically what you personally think are things that players need to know when playing Imperial Assault. Right. And, I mean, more or less, I gave I gave you a full blank slate, right, where you can right. cover anything you want, so... You just said 5 to 10 talking points, and that's it. Which, you know, is annoying on my end, because, like, if I had a little more structure,
1: this would be easier, but no, I... I... I knocked out a few pages of notes, and we'll see how that
0: works. Yeah, and I'm so yeah. I've, got, I've gone. have over some of your notes. I'm really excited to talk about some of these things. So cool. Let's let's get right into it. You've got number one. I'm gonna let you. All right. Re- so read off your rules. Give me a prompt. All I made a list of six imperial assault things to know, mm. uh,
1: and I started with number one. Know the rules. Uh, like you, everybody understands the basic one movement point. You move one space. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But that's a really thick rule book. With a lot of really interesting uh, interactions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've made it a point to like keep up with the FAQs and to uh, read the rule book, try to find the cool things. Right. Uh, so like especially the movement rules, they're super tricky and you can make so, some crazy
0: things happen if you know what you're doing. So you mean um, so let's give an example of like a movement rule in particular. Okay, that so you uh, one thing that uh,
1: trips up a lot of people especially newer players is what movement points stick and what movement points don't so like uh, a lot of the time people will play call the vanguard and say i'm going to move two
0: spaces attack and then move two spaces back to where i started right so for reference call the vanguard says i mean basically it gives you get a move and an attack Yes, I mean with a with a trooper
1: with a trooper of cost four higher blah 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 blah. at the begin and the important part there is that it's at the start of round not during your activation. Mm -hmm. So whenever you gain movement points outside of your activation, you uh, you have to use them any number of them, and then the rest of them disappear. So you can Mm. move then attack or attack then move, but you can't move attack move with call the vanguard. Right, that's screwed up. Like I've had to I've. Uh, had to tell that to a few people. Uh, and then also there's the special case of urgency, which is a command card, zero points, uh, special action, gain uh, movement points equal to your speed plus two. The two. Uh, I'm not sure I quite agree with this ruling, but the official ruling is that you have to use uh, any movement points that aren't used from that
0: uh, before you perform another action are then lost. Right, yep. So I, I've definitely run into that problem too. And I, st- I actually still overlook this sometimes, right, because there's other cards... I don't want to say similar to urgency, right? But like a card like Force Rush, right? I can... I can, Force you, Rush you keep. Yeah, I keep yeah. the movement points, right? So I, I actually think it's kind of a problem of... I, I actually wish they would just backtrack and just say you, your movement points never... If you haven't used them, they almost never disappear. Just for right. simplicity. Just sake, during your during your activation only. Otherwise I've, otherwise then it's like, okay, I'm gonna get out fifteen D6s and be like, okay, this guy has three movement points banked. <laughs> this guy has has two. Well, yeah, and uh, so even I think you I think you have a point though, yeah. Just for even for at least from my perspective, for simplicity's sake, because even now and again, my wife and I'll play and uh, sometimes I'll literally just ignore the urge- the part about urgency right. if she keeps using the movement points, because it's like, well, yeah, what well, reasonable in no other situation during your right. activation does that happen. So what reasonable person would think that they ha- they would lose right. all the and that's, points and right and now? And it's like, like and, and that's, uh, you know, you're the TO in your own home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, in general, generally, if you're in a non-tournament setting, a lot of Just, times, like... Yeah, no. Well, yeah, And it's not, it's not, like, determinative of a game, but I think that's a good point. I also want to bring up that I think this is really good advice about knowing the rules in terms of, at least if you're going to go to an event, like, those... The more you know, right, the smoother a game's gonna go. Right. And I don't know any players who get upset at another, at an opponent who asks them for help with the rules. Oh, no. But right? Though, it's kind of like a death by a when thousand I went to, cuts yeah, type When I went situation. to Nationals 2015, I
1: lost to a guy because he was playing 4x4, but, uh, but it was his third time playing Imperial Assault. And so, like, I was <laughs> teaching him the rules the whole game, yeah, and then he still yeah. beat me because, well, for one, I had a trash list, and for another, he was mm. using literally the most broken squad in the game's <laughs> the best history. List. Okay, I derailed you.
0: Let's keep, we can keep okay. going with some uh, And here. then
1: uh, for know the rules, uh, this will actually segue into my next point as well, is uh, if you're ever going to play competitively, is uh, make your list and know the rulings for your list. Especially for your list, yeah. That's Especially for, for your list. Uh, so like... Uh, during Worlds 2017, I learned that, uh, that Onar in the job on the Jabba's realm map, or Jabba Palace map, you can run into the pit and fall down. Mm. Onar's rush maintains through that fall, so you can go, uh, you can rush into the pit and then drop into the pit and throw somebody off the objective. Interesting, yeah. Which that's is pretty cool. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, and then for massive figures, when I played Double Bantha in 2016, uh,
0: Double Bantha. Yes, two I Banthas. It, I love it.
1: Uh, they have infinite height, so what I could do is whenever I run into another Bantha list, mm. I park my Bantha in front of theirs so they can't get up my list, and then just move up my HKs and snipe their Bantha through mine because they have infinite height, and figures cannot block uh, line of sight to and from massive figures, including other massive figures. It's great. It's
0: great. Go go over that for me one one more time because okay, I, so I definitely just got lost because I don't sure. You know, okay, funny. so the uh, the rulings with massive figures is that uh, line of sight cannot be blocked to or from massive figures by other figures. Okay, so if there are figures, if I have my figure and there are enemy figures in the way, I could still shoot at a massive figure that's behind them. Yes, I can always so still shoot I at can them. put my bantha in front of their bantha and then
1: shoot through my bantha into theirs. Mm. But also, which... but also vice versa, right? Also, vice versa, which uh, gotcha. So basically, you have to have more damage output than your opponents, mm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, which which that list did. It was pretty fun.
0: And then, but then your bantha would block line of sight to your small figures, right? If they yes. went to shoot your small figures, okay. Exactly. All right, so so just basically setting up a shield wall. Interesting. Yeah, that's a yeah. See, those are just those are good things to know. I know for the longest time when I started, I just avoided massive figures because so I was like, I don't know how movement works. I don't know how line of sight works. I'm not <laughs> oh, playing <I> these. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I just like to gravitate towards the most complicated figures. Like I learned how to play X-wing by flying Echo. It's, I learned how to play Imperial Assault. I like uh, double bantha is my favorite list I've ever played. <laughs> just go for, the, go for the complicated stuff because then people don't understand it, don't know how to counterplay it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, one final rule that, uh, and like then there's the line of sight rules, which they're a little simpler, but uh, just always keep in mind that I've been able to avoid line of sight a few times with this, is that they have to have line of sight to two uh, corners that are next to each other. Yep. So people will be like, okay, if I can, I can trace it to this corner and then the one on the other corner, it's like, nope, they have to be next to each other. Dig out the rules reference guide. You yep. don't have line of sight, and my figure's safe.
0: Mm-hmm, uh,
1: mm-hmm. and then also the two one and three-one rules. So like if you can count See, two and one, it so uh, this would be much easier if we had a grid to work on. But <laughs> if it's uh, so like say you move up, you move up two, over yep. one, up to over one any number of those and then the same goes for three you have line of sight as long as there's nobody in the way oh
0: interesting so ask tim next time you guys are playing with each other he knows the rule he's the one who taught it to me actually interesting yeah Yeah. i definitely will because that sounds actually really helpful yeah and then the final rule that
1: can uh that can help you against other people is red line red dotted lines do not block adjacency so uh, Mm -hmm. so when i was running banthas i was able to pop up into people's faces, and they're like, oh, uh, it's on, like, the next level up because it's on the ISB map with the stairs. Right. Uh, you were trying to trample, use the trample. And ability. then I was like, yeah, I can still trample anyway. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just say that the, the the Tuscan on top is, like, swinging with
0: his rifle or something. I don't know. And that counts for holding terminals, too? Yes. Okay. Because I know, at least right now, I think the only map that that would matter on is Java's Palace. There's a, there is a terminal that you could... I want to say you could touch it if you were uh, across the red, red line. the red The red reel, like the
1: the solid red lines still block adjacency, yeah. but the red dotted lines do not. Okay. Very, yeah. Very cool. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and moving, uh, going back to the knowing the rulings for your units, uh, the next step is just know your units.
0: So this is number two. Number, number two. two. All right. Number, number two on
1: things to know for Imperial Assault is know your units because... Uh, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, these these units are good. These units are good. Let's throw them together and make a good and it'll make a good list, right?" Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't because they don't actually work well together, Right. like because of traits or because they fill they are trying to can take different roles. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, in an article
0: I wrote for the Jodo Cast, yep. sorry, I, rem- I remember this article. Yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll try and put it in the. Uh show for this yeah. yeah no i would i would appreciate that i'm sure joe Dukas would
1: appreciate the hits as well but uh, <laughs> but i came up with a uh with a classification scheme of fighters grabbers and supports of so your fighters are the people who they will go in they fight they have good health bars they have good
0: attack pools good searches right and they can move in they can kill units they can take a beating and they yeah and essentially i I mean, with the way I'm understanding, I think I have my own, like, classification scheme in my brain, too. But this idea of there are figures that you look at them, you're like, this figure has a potential to kill, like, has kill potential. Right. And there's some, and a lot of times that's, that might, you might figure that out by looking at their dice pool. You might figure that out by looking at the surges and saying, does if this figure doesn't have a plus two damage surge or doesn't have a pierce or things like that. Right. Right, you're going to be like, ugh. It's gonna be hard to remove a figure with this guy yeah exactly and then uh the hard to remove a figure with this guy those are probably going to be either
1: your grabbers or your supports so you have your grabbers who are fast or
0: uh or are more defensive they're able to grab and hold right. uh, objectives i mean so, it's helpful for us to, like give some examples right so for a grab, sure. my my quintessential grabber i guess is like the rebel smuggler the rebel smuggler is like the perfect grabber he because he grabber, has yeah. the because he has the ability for only
1: two points like uh grabbers are cheap they're fast mm, mm-hmm. so uh so the grabber it, you can move in with the the alliance smuggler interact and then move back out and give you some get move, your yeah. get your objective points uh officers are great support grabbers so supports they give movement points give attacks give helpful mm. conditions yep yep uh so like you get your your 3po your uh like, Gideon is actually a little bit of a fighter. I had initially uh, classified him as a pure uh, support. So but now it would have been my understanding, too. No, but he's actually a good fighter, too. Mm. Uh, be- like, when I started moving down into lower activation lists where everybody has to pull their weight... Yep. Attacking with Gideon, actually, like... He basically rolls an Elite Stormtrooper dice pool with the plus yeah. two surge. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. So and mm. so he can get in there, and if you can fo- and focus him with 3PO... Then he can get on a focus train too. Right, right. And
0: I think he can focus himself.
1: Even I think he has. Yeah, the surge he, has, for he focus has the surge for focus, for focus which is the focus train. He move, you yeah. give him a focus of the three po, you attack, you get your two surges plus two, and then focus. Right. And then you just have a focus for the next turn. So then they or your opponent takes them out. They they get three points. You still have your main fighters. Yeah, and I really
0: and I'm just even going to transition for you here because I thought this was a really interesting point that most units are a combination of two or more roles. Right. right? And yeah. a lot of them don't fit that nicely. I mean, I think some probably do, right? Like a weak way, I would, I would almost certainly describe them as a pure fighter. Uh, and that's weak, like close can, at least. weak ways
1: can be, de- can be like grabbers at need, but they're mostly fighters. The sure. pure fighters are your HKs and your Alliance rangers because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're staying too far back to be able to actually do
0: objective games. True. Yeah, and so I, I kind of like the idea. Well, first of all, I wanted to like, I really wanted to compliment you on like coming up with these other like these ways to classify units because I do think. Like, a lot of people learn by, like, trying, like, taking, if we have an unorganized system, right, like, trying to add structure to a whole bunch of stuff that's out there, right? And right. When, when they put out figures in Imperial Assault, they don't, like, classify. They don't say, Jedi Luke, Jedi Luke is a, he's a fighter unit, so, yeah. and, and you should have 30 points of fighter units and 10 points of the other, it's like,
1: no, no. They, don't, they don't actually tell you
0: that, but no. it's useful for you to come up, and I really like that, this part of our interview, right, is that it's useful for you to, like, put some structure on this, because someone who's just starting, they have no idea what's... I mean, right. I wouldn't have had any idea. I'm like, buy- I'm like <laughs> buying wookies. I'm like, hey, these will be good. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no. And then that's the thing is, like, people and th- going back to the first point of
1: people throwing together. Oh, this is a good unit. This is a good unit. Throw them together, and then it makes a bad squad. Right. The mm-hmm. reason that happens is because then they fill different roles. So it's like, oh, if I th- if I use temporary lines to bring in a uh, to bring in a line smuggler into my hunter list, that's not actually a good investment of points because you're putting in a pure grabber into a list
0: that is. I'm going to kill you ASAP. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, see, and I just want to follow this up too and ask, like, do you even have a sense, because I would be inclined to say that, so based on these, like, kind of what you have structured here, that, like, most a significant portion of your list should be fighters, and that's just because, right, Imperial Assault is tilted towards... When you have two victory schemes, right? Like, one is getting objectives and one is killing your opponent's list. Right. Right, like, killing your opponent's list will always be on the table for you as an right. option in the game. No, and that's,
1: like, like unless, like, uh, in a few rotations ago when the, uh, I want to say, Nelvanian Warzone, Leia's map was in rotation, mm, you could yep. get a lot of points from objectives so it actually was worth your points to throw in some smugglers or some Mm. or some quick dudes to go grab the objectives and get points off of them yeah yep uh i actually uh in worlds 2016 was actually able to clear all three of the nine point objectives uh
0: in one match which was pretty pretty fun but uh yeah that's you know what you now that you say that that's an interesting point because even in the map we have now like java's palace has a map where if you hold there's three points and every time you hold one at the end of a if you control it you get four Right. And, like, if you're able to... I, I think, like, new players, at least... At least I did when I started. I still do so occasionally now. But you kind of underestimate that if someone holds one of those... Right. If someone holds two of those points at the end of a round, and let's say you hold none of them, like, eight points that when you're on your way to 40 is yeah, a... Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, full 20% of the way. It's a big swing, yeah.
1: On the other hand, there are some, like, sometimes... You can take advantage of your opponent rushing objectives and being and like focusing on the objectives over yep. uh, killing units. So you can say, "Oh, I'm just going to set up my units to have a kill zone on that objective, and anybody who tries to take it is going to die." Right. So That's then either you get to kill their units or. They
0: don't go there, and then you can just use your mm. last activation. Oh look, this jaw is just going to walk up and claim the objective. <laughs> yeah, and that's a—it's extremely powerful having more activations on your opponent yeah. when you can pull that type of move off. Right, and uh, actually, that moves us into point three: know the maps. Oh, Jake, so. so good, such a good transition. <laughs> You're a professional. I am nowhere near a professional. <laughs> I would have been. So you had a transition, and I would have been like shuffling the papers. i have been like, "What? What's next? Uh, what's next? <laughs> okay, uh, so number so, three: know your maps. Let's yeah, see the last thing. Uh, the
1: Ibrahim Shoth, and I think it's being taken over by Nick V now. Because, uh, but they have a they have a yep. project to get all the maps in as really high quality PDFs that you could print out if
0: you wanted to. If you don't feel like buying the maps. Yep, I, I've I think we've all we've paid uh, attention. You can find yeah. on the FFG boards. They it's it's yeah it's it's an an
1: amazing resource to be able to just bring up a map uh and look at it on your computer or phone yep it is really good so look at the maps that are in rotation and look at it compare it to your squad and say okay so on this uh this specific uh scenario what do i want to do
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh,
1: so uh and then like doing that you can actually find some cool little tricks so like in 2015 worlds Uh, my friend Joe, uh, of Joe to cast fame, he was running a Boba Fett list. Uh, Mm. there was a map there called Kuat space station where, uh, it has closed doors to a room that's worth objective points at the end of each round. Whoever controls the terminal can open one of the doors or the other. Right. Uh, I pointed out, I looked, counted the spaces. There was a space, There's a set of two, there's two rows of spaces where if you put Boba Fett in one of those spaces... No matter what door opens, because each door opens into one of the deployment zones. Yep. No matter what door opens, he could double move, get into the get into the room, even through the opponent's deployment <laughs> zone. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then Boba Fett is, like has a weak attack, but is nearly unkillable by two dice units. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so that was like a fun little fun little thing to discover. Uh, Twenty sixteen Worlds, uh, two of the three maps had doors where you can mm. destroy them, you can attack and destroy them. Right. So what people would do with Agent Blaze is they would attack the doors and interrogate the doors. Yep, so... Or Leia could attack a door, grab Son of Skywalker,
0: use her surge to grab Son of Skywalker and put it back in the deck. It's a lot less common now, but yeah, so if, if you haven't played a lot, because this is something that I didn't actually experience, but... Right. You can, there are certain surges that you can activate when attacking a door right any
1: surge that's in your uh, that's
0: in, like your, your ability, in your special abilities your special abilities box yeah. and also recover surges you don't need to hit to, re- to activate also true yeah so, so like I, basically what you're describing is agent blaze is an ability that lets you look at an opponent's Hand. Uh, hand of command cards, and then you could discard one from their hand if you discard one of equal value from your hand. Yes, but I mean the the value is just even looking at their hand, right? right. So, so he could the tricks are coming in down the road. Exactly. So he could like from turn one, basically from your deployment zone, move and attack a door, and then immediately discard a command yeah, card from your which, hand, which was uh, which of was of his choice. of yeah, your
1: choice. Which that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's obnoxious. And then, <laughs> then twenty seventeen worlds, uh, my favorite thing to do on the ISB map, where with the cameras. What I'd like to do would be to uh, would be to focus my Greedo unit, yep, uh, and then move them ten right into the middle. Like I've been, the- move them around and right into the middle of your opponent's stuff. I've been the victim of this drop, him, yeah. <laughs> drop a camera and uh, and then if they attack him, cool. He gets a parting shot with focus.
0: I don't care if you kill him. Yeah, I've, and I've seen it done, the like, the same idea, too, is you could do it with, um, essentially, right, like, if you activate last and you have initiative the next round. Now, of course, there's always risk of take whatever, but, right. right, like, with a character, like, any of the five, basically the five any, movement any figures. Any five movement. Can, yeah, mm-hmm. so basically what you're describing is you would, that in that mission, you get points by dropping a camera at the end of a round on one of your figures. And right. if it, any, fig, any enemy figures it sees, you get a point for them. So you would just, at the end of the round, like, zip right into your opponent's right. area and just knock them out. Yeah, I've had that done to me. It's really obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and it, we just had a new map come out, so I'd, I've only recently been kind of engaging in this. Because I think if you started right now, it would be really hard to probably do an analysis of each map without right. without having played them, right? But over right. time, the more you play them. Well, even just looking at the map and counting spaces can be can really good. do a good. lot, yeah. yeah. Under, understanding how far away is the terminal, right? Like, yeah. And
1: the, that's that's the like that's basic level and then like oh how far away how like who do i have to like what deployment what figure do i have to put into what spot in my deployment zone to be able to take
0: this objective without using two movement yeah you know, actions yeah exactly and then uh, see I, this is what i just started getting into but starting to look at what are the like line of sight lanes is what i how i describe them kind of and understanding like okay if a from my opponent's deployment zone, like so, a good example: the new map, um, Nalhada Swamps. Yes. Right. This is something that I recognize right away. But from I think both deployment zones, if you have Wequays or Rangers, both of them can move. I mean, the Wequays might be harder if they're not focused, but both of them can move four spaces and still have their attack, and they can access. So if you look at, if you think about the map, as like four lanes. Yeah. Like they can access three of the four lanes from from, from that from the deployment zone from right. turn one. So if you move into one of them. And they activate them last. Like, if you move anything right. in one of those lanes, they can just start taking shots yeah, right and, off the bat. Yeah, so the list I'm using currently is Luke, IG, Onar, uh, Gideon, 3PO, Jawa. The same thing with, with um was it IG, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he'll definitely be able to shoot oh, anyone, IG. Anyone, he, anyone he wants round
1: one. So with that list, it's a very close quarters list. So I actually have figured out, like, I did the same analysis. and I'm like, okay, I can go into either this lane or use the Heidi hole... Or use one of the There's a couple of hidey holes too. Yeah. Uh yep. To avoid the sniper shots as I rush in the next round. Yep. But uh, but yeah. I don't know. Eric, did
0: you ever play the old Battlefront games on uh, PlayStation Two, PC, Xbox? I was a big Battlefront Two. I had I had both of them. But Battlefront yeah. Front Two was the Battlefront game Two is obviously big I played so many of yeah. it, so much of that game. But yeah,
1: that actually the command post system from that game hmm. can be applied to these maps of like just defining zones of what zones do you want to control so. Uh, Anchorhead Cantina and Jabba's Palace actually easily get themselves into this now of Swamps kind of works like right. with the fire lanes but, yep, yep. but like on the Anchorhead Cantina you have your hallway you have your cantina you have your conveyor room you have your mm. like uh, you have your like little blue milk uh, table area <laughs> the blue milk table <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> so you if you can uh, try to like partition the map in such a way that you can like it makes it easier to be like oh if I go to this like you can be like, oh, space A3, put it all on a grid. Or you can just say, oh, I want to control the hallway. I yep. want to control the canteen. It just gives you a little bit of a mental shortcut to say, here's Absolutely. what I want to do for this round.
0: Yeah, and there, and it takes some time too. But even, even the map that recently got rotated out, right? I did that exact same, like what you're suggesting on ISB. Well, it's because on ISB, there's like a hallway that in one of the missions has two objectives in it. Yeah. And the hallway is completely, there's one entrance to it. There's no other way into it. So, like, I would, if I ever played someone on there who was running, especially if they're running, like, weak ways or Rangers, I would, du- I would double move well because I was running two sets of Jets <laughs> and two sets of Heavies yeah, and Tarot. I, I remember this one. Oh, yeah. I would dump everything in that Hallway. where right, It's like, the Rangers have to come. They have to come to me, because I'm gaining six And then, you you know, get, six
1: point. And then you're... Less than four or
0: five spaces away, so they don't get the reroll. And 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 even then, right? Like even if let's say they yeah. were five spaces away and got the reroll, right? Like they're in striking distance of almost all my stuff. Right. right. So it's you know it just gets to be a it's just a disaster in that scenario. Yeah, you can so. set up good good uh,
1: ambush positions. Yeah, and, and
0: so yeah, I think your point is very valid in just knowing like looking at a map and trying to understand like where is a safe spot, where are spots that are where I'm in danger from almost every you know like. Rain or every spot, like my opponents can have a shot at me from almost every spot. Right. And, yeah, and it takes time, I think. But yeah,
1: it takes time. takes Takes experience to know like where is a good spot to be, where isn't. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but even even a straight, even a rank beginner can look at the map and say, I need this
0: many spaces to the terminal. What unit don't want holding the terminal? Put mm-hmm. them on this spot in will play them, So Right. So this is this isn't your advice, but I would definitely. This is something else that I've screwed up a million times. But just be very. This isn't entirely related to maps, but be so wary of when you put your figures. Like if you end a figure on a door, like I had an opponent once who ended two Gomorians on a door, which meant that one of them for sure, like no other figure could move open the door for oh, them. Yeah, I love it. So one of them can't attack that round. I love because, when my opponents do that. Yeah, it's a huge mistake, but it's like so easy to do if you're right. Because I think, like, intuitively, you say to yourself, like... Stack up. Stacking put, the, up. Put, put the strong units right in yeah. the door. Good luck getting through this. Right. And then you don't realize, like, I have to get through the door. Yeah, it I stinks. have to get through the door. And also,
1: <laughs> oh, look, you are you have a Jedi, Luke. He can move eight and still attack, so he just runs past you and gets your weak way. Yeah, the stinks. Okay,
0: I, I threw us off the rails. We're on to number four now, right?
1: Yes, we are on to number four, which is know your dice. So know much. the faces on your dice. Know the averages on your dice. Die faces are, like... And... Like there, you can find these little charts online. Print them out that have all the die faces, because that's uh, that's technically game information. You can uh, just right. have that that uh, face out. Especially, you want to know your faces if you have any units that can reroll.
0: Absolutely. So Absolutely. like understanding uh, your potential or what you can get. Right.
1: So like I look at a red. Like say I'm rerolling a red die, deciding whether to reroll it or not. I have a two damage face. I reroll that because half of the faces are better. There's two three damage faces and then one two damage and a surge and there's only one side that's worse. So yes. the odds of you getting it there. Exactly. Yes. I mean, that kind of thinking has screwed me over in the past, but most but
0: you know, 5 6 of the time you'll be fine. Right. And see, I think that's the way, right? It's Imperial Assault right is always going to be a game where you're going to have bad luck sometimes, right? But I think you should always be pl- you should always be trying to play the odds, right? So right. if you get the two damage face and it's worse than three, other sides yeah or like the time i decided it was okay to fly over debris with my one health ship and
1: x-wing and uh oh there's that one in eight crit and i'm dead hey it can Dang happen it. yeah it can happen but <laughs>
0: most of the time
1: it's it's worth the risk
0: absolutely yeah and i i think i even wrote i wrote about this at one point because another mistake i make yeah i mean you even write about it on here but like a mistake that i see sometimes too is like when people are if someone does not attack with a focused ranger like let's say they get one result on their green blue blue on every die Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll see him re-roll both blues and that even though the green, right. five of the six sides on the green are two result sides. Right, exactly. And the only one is the two, one. So I'm just like, why are you re-roll? And the blues are, I think, half and half. Like three sides, two results. Three sides, one result. Yeah, blue dice. I are, mean, assuming not range great. wasn't an issue. I was but. gonna say
1: if you're if you're fishing for range, then re-roll your blue dice, assuming mm-hmm. they came up as twos, because the oh, both the two di- two range faces have one result, so it's generally a good idea to re-roll those anyway. Yeah. Yep. But re-roll your green, then then your blues and then uh, yeah, so have your die faces out to figure out what to reroll, and then know your minimum range and your average range to figure out if a shot's worth taking. Because like, okay, I have a, so say I have my Stormtrooper, I have a four range shot on say another Trooper or a six range shot on a more valuable, on say their Blaze. Yep, yep. A lot of the time I just take the shot on the Trooper or try to move up to get close to the Blaze because I'm not getting close enough because you're not getting, on a blue-green, you're not getting 6 range very often. Right. Or you're wasting your Surge on it.
0: On that, and you'd rather use it. So a Stormtrooper has yeah. plus 2 damage Surge and plus 3 Accuracy Surge, which... The Accuracy Surge is awesome, but you yeah. know, you'd rather get 2 damage on obviously. Exactly. It's like, and it kind of feels back to, oh, I rolled 2 damage,
1: I rolled 2, 1 damage, 1 Surge. And it's like, okay, I have my range, I have my damage. They rolled 2, I got 2 damage through. That doesn't actually mean that much, versus, oh, I'm going to shoot this other stormtrooper in the face, roll five damage, and
0: they roll two and they take three. That's a lot more on a stormtrooper. Exactly, exactly. And I think, um, so you just, you kind of mentioned a little bit ago that you're running IG88 in your list. Like, I think IG88 is a good way to learn about managing your minimum range versus, because you get to choose your dice. And so you can kind of... He has plus two accuracy innately. He gets a focus, which means he has a minimum of three. Right. And you're just kind of mixing and matching your dice to get your... Because I think you're, a good point is understanding your minimum range. Right. Where it's oh, like, I can't miss. No matter what I roll, I cannot miss. Like, I will always have range. Yeah. So the uh, yeah.
1: So for IG-88, I have a whole system worked out of... It's like, okay, three range. Well, that's where you want to be because that's when Relentless triggers too. Yep. It's perfect. Uh, and they have to take a strain. but. Yep. Then it's okay. Then I can do a green, red, red. Yep, it's your and double to attack. Yep, and or as you move out, it's like oh, range four. Yeah, don't feel like fishing for the uh, for the two damage or for the two range because three uh, half of your faces are one accuracy on a green, so it's going to be green, green, red. Yep, you're still getting a fair amount of damage through, and you're more likely to get that plus two damage surge. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is really excellent. So just just know your dice, and uh, I'm just I just uh, thought of this. It's not in the notes at all. Uh, related to that is know the odds when you're taking strain, know the odds of what command cards
0: you may mill, what command cards you may not mill, Absolutely. and decide whether to take damage or not. Yeah, that is such a good point. And this especially gets... See, I don't think this was probably as big a deal before Tarot. because IG. Yeah, exactly. You see, I haven't fought I haven't fought a ton of IGs yet, but I know like Captain Tarot, well, if he flames, there was like four units and you have to decide, am I burning four command cards right now? Yeah. The funny part is like, so I think... I think I've spoken about this with Tim sometimes, about the notion of if someone burns all their cards, I know I know they're holding Son of Skywalker. If they have Luke in their yeah. list, I'm like, well, he's got Son of Skywalker. If you burn right. four cards off of that, <laughs> <laughs> he's not worried. But yeah, to your point, just to like clear to come back around and clarify it, right? Like understand, know what's in your command deck. Like if those three point important cards are still in there, yeah, probably just want to take the damage instead of the strength <laughs> instead at, of like, burning the card because.
1: Those can. You'll you'll find some people who say, uh, oh, yeah, you just take the command card every time. Then it's
0: like, oh, there's tools. There's Assassinate. There's Son of Skywalker. Yeah. Good luck winning now. Yeah. I still have all my stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's so hard. I I once built a command deck that was all one point cards, specifically 15 one point cards. 15 one point cards, and specifically for the notion of if I get get strained, I'm burning a card every time. Doesn't matter. (laughs) They're all one point. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Right. I, I've drawn, I've drawn yeah, South And right like this
1: my command decks, I generally tend to go top heavy because I like to run black market. So that makes, if half my things are zero cost,
0: then it's like, oh, Free. flip up for black market. Oh, I'll just oh, it's a zero point card. I'll just draw that. Yeah. So that's a great, that's a great strategy. I also want to, before we move on, I want to bring attention to, there is a very useful chart. A few charts online, but there's that one that, there's at least one chart that shows all the dice faces in like a very clean... Wages, yeah. Yep, and I've seen people who have it laminated in their box, things like that. Yeah. I don't do that, but right. But yeah. you can do it. It's pretty easy to find.
1: Yeah, just uh, awesome. like when I was uh, writing up these notes, I just Googled uh, Imperial Assault dice chart and I- images, and there's yes. a bunch of good, image charts out yeah, there. It's so
0: easy. Cool. You want to go? Should we go to number five? Yeah, yeah. number five is uh, we're getting
1: into a little more. Uh, like we're at all the tips. for have from now uh, up to now have been before even getting to the tournament uh so now we're moving into <laughs> you haven't even sat down yet yeah. so now we're now we're sitting down at the table Ooh. we finally get to number five know your opponent yep look at your opponent's list look really closely at what roles are they fulfilling and hmm. what plan are they going to do so like uh so say i sit down across from a standard scum hunter's it's I want to get up in their face because weak waves don't like close range combat. Right. If it's Luke, it's I if it's Luke or uh, or Gamorians, you want to kite them because you don't want them getting up in your face. That's so you can, yeah. So looking at that and then you can like figure out your opponent's strategy from that too, of like, okay, are they going to try to rush me? Are they going to try to rush objectives? Are they going to try to hang back and snipe? Yep. And yep. you have to and then you can figure out from before turn zero. What your strategy wants to be, and then you can deploy your units with that in mind.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point, point. and I think that's also a. This is why in Imperial Assault, I'm like a huge fan of list creativity, right? Because in some ways, right, when your opponent sits down against a list that they haven't really seen or figures that, right. See, like I wasn't like a superstar at worlds or anything, but I brought heavies, and I think most of my opponents were sort of like confused right. about what I'm supposed to do. Like, how am I supposed to address these? Right, I was like,
1: uh, my. Since you were so kind to be so open about what list you were running before Worlds, I actually had a plan if I ever sat down across from you. <laughs> Just kill them? Was that your plan? <laughs> no, my plan was to let them be
0: and kill mm-hmm. the Jet Troopers because they roll more damage. And that's de- it's definitely the truth, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, that even that's a great illustration of the point, though, is like, because even in my heart, this may sound so dramatic, but <laughs> when I was playing, I would know my game is basically, if I lost all my Jet Troopers and I have all my heavies, I know my game's done yeah. pretty much. Like, it's, it's going to be hard for me. It's it's possible, but it's it's, it's, it's way more difficult, right? Like they're the valuable. So, so yeah, basically, know your, what you're saying, right? It's just just understand, like who are the damage dealers in your right? And list. that's that was my next point. Is mm. look at like just look at it and rank what are the biggest
1: threats? So it's like, oh, that's a loop rangers list. Take down the rangers first. Luke gets two attacks per round. The Rangers get three at long range with rerolls and most of them are gonna be focused. Right. Those guys need to go ASAP.
0: And understanding too, I think like to that point is right, it's much more likely that you're gonna be able to remove one of those attacks from the Rangers like this activation, this yes. round. As opposed to Luke, who right you you'll probably dump an activation into him. Now he's still gonna be he's yeah. if he has activation. Like, unless yeah, you have gonna...
1: unless you have a way to
0: like more than likely stun him, or if you're like holding a toxic dart to weaken him, then <laughs> yeah. then unload on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's a great advice. understand your report. and then uh, I
1: always prior and then uh, moving into actual game. This we'll actually uh, loop this into number six of know your tactics. Uh, moving that into. Make your priorities, and then I always prioritize killing combat units because once Absolutely. you like, because people will come up and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot your Gideon, haha!" Ha, now you can't focus anymore. Oh, look, my weak
0: ways are still out there and <laughs> beating your butt. They don't need a focus to kick ass. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it is. It, it helps. I think you make a good point. In that is definitely you. I think there will always be that temptation to remove like a Gideon or three PO, and a lot of times my rule is if you can remove it. If, you're, if you feel your figures are safe and you can take a chance on removing it while still keeping all your figures safe, it yes. might be worth it, right? Because yeah. then, if, then if it is... If they were nice enough to
1: just leave them out there dangling, it's like, okay, cool, free points. Right. But if it's a choice of like, okay, I have an Alliance Ranger and Gideon Argus at the same range, they're worth about the same points, but the Alliance Ranger is going to do a lot more damage.
0: Exactly. And I think sometimes even, right, if you're the... Like you can actually use that to your advantage sometimes, right? When you're moving three PO forward, as you know, giving the distracting bonus, oh, giving right. a free evade, right? He can sit out there because even if he gets attacked and dies, oh, right? No, that's that's a whole way, and it's a whole wasted. It's a whole wasted attack on you opponent's yeah. side. and that's you know sometimes that's just you can't risk that, right? And then so yeah, and that's
1: like step number one on tactics is prioritizing what units to kill, what objectives to take, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's just some general uh, like general things that have helped me out. Uh, Throughout my career of like, do not split your forces without a really damn good reason.
0: Hold on, you're you went to number six without explicitly saying it. I'll I said start. I said six. Know your tactics a few oh, minutes ago. That's well, then I made a huge mistake because I really wanted to call attention for the know your opponent. You, yeah. Jake's got all this great flavor in his notes, and I'm like, <laughs> we're not saying it. We're not literally saying it. <laughs> oh yeah. yet. I liked to hear that. Number it was, five, know Thron. your opponent. Well, yeah. I just like the Thrawn moment, like examining your squad and knowing your <laughs> opponent, like. Trying yeah. to interpret what they're gonna do based on even before they've done anything, right? Yeah, it's like uh, you've made a great flavor <laughs> capture there because that is exactly how it was. Yeah. Works. Now I had
1: that down as my Thrawn moment. I didn't bring it up because I thought it would be like uh, I don't know, scrub. Like, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah. I like it, so I'm bringing it up. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was I uh, put that down as Thrawn moment. You can figure out what your opponent's gonna do
0: before they do it based on what they bring. <laughs> right. Okay. I took us off the off the ball. But we we're already on Know Your Tactics, which uh, yeah. apparently I missed.
1: Yeah. Know your, six, Know Your Tactics. Uh, but yeah, to get back to the point I was trying to make earlier was uh, was do not split your squad. I've seen a lot of people like move out to try to claim two or three different objectives. Right. That just makes it really easy for you to move your entire list. If you can move, and this is like actual military tactics 101, is right. if you can, even if you're out uh, outnumbered by the entire force, if you can move your force to attack part of your enemy's force... Yeah, absolutely. then just sheer volume of fire, you take down that half of the enemy's force, and then you pivot and take down the other half absolutely. with with your full firepower. So, and like that's uh, I want to say, Messerian Lakes, World War One. That's. Uh, any history nerds out there mm. but that's exactly what the Germans did to the Russians is the Russians were coming with like 40,000 people the Ru- the Germans had 20,000 but mm. they split like the Russian commander split his forces to go around both sides of a lake right so the German just said screw that all forces attack the people on this side of the lake and then pivot and take the
0: people who are coming trying to come around in your rear interesting yeah it's yeah it's it's kind of it's I guess it like probably makes sense that right a game that's supposed right. to simulate like combat like right. kind of so, tries to employ those same ideas. Right. Yeah. So
1: any any history military history buffs um, out there, that's actually applicable knowledge to your wargaming. Is what's your squad
0: level tactics? What's your uh, what's your army level tactics? Still right. works. Uh, yeah, that's it's good. It is good advice because I've definitely also fallen prey to, like, oh maybe I move an Obi Wan to an objective and now he's sitting there alone. And right. even, even if he's not the one who gets targeted, right? Like, now my opponent knows, well, I can engage the rescue squad because right. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going 40 points. I'm 33, and I know Obi-Wan can't move to engage from there, so i right. safe. Yeah. And uh, that, that also moves into be very careful with your positioning.
1: And uh, so, like, sometimes my turns take longer than they should because I'll be like, okay, <laughs> if, I, if I put my unit in this space instead of this space then I can move to get the objective next round. Right, yep. So I try to like count out those spaces to figure out where I'm gonna end my movements. Yeah. Uh, Then another good, uh, just moving on, another good tip is follow through. Uh, Follow through on units because a lot of the, like in my early days, a lot of the times I'd be I'd go in and say, okay, I've put seven health, I've put seven damage on your Royal Guard, it has one health remaining, it's not worth a focused attack to take it down. So I'm going to attack somebody else. and Then the next activation, I'll take him. I'll take that guy. Right,
0: right. Well, then your
1: opponent just turns around, activates, and runs him to the back to save points and ditches. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, no matter how bad it feels, use as use any available attack to take a unit. It's like, okay, oh look, this uh, this jet trooper has one health remaining. I don't want to use a focused Luke on that, but you gotta. Right. you have to follow through you have to take units off the board because that's people who can't run objectives that's points you get that's
0: people who can't kill your units yeah the swing is so big and it's I think it's important to recognize like in, in your mind when someone is like oh like six of seven health right, right. has been removed they're one health uh, like in your brain intuitively you think like oh that unit's very weak now when in right. reality right in this game there is no granular mechanism right there's not even crits like an x swing. right he's as that figure that's almost dead is as powerful now as he was when he was full health right, right. He, he provides the exact same amount of value yeah he still has the same did. dice so yep. and he still has the same movement points to run and get objectives exactly so yeah, take so him that.
1: take him off the board that reduces your opponent's options that uh that reduces the chance that you're going to get your units taken off the board follow through exactly Yep.
0: no matter how bad it feels <laughs> and to that end if you're the one if you're the person who see i, I almost want to like give the advice the other way too if you're a person who like let's say your jedi luke is has taken 15 i, I see a lot of players who are tempted to be like well time to go out with a bang and he like runs him and does a double That's attack cool. and then he dies and That's I, what I do a lot of the time is well sometimes I'll do, I'll do i do the t- math of am i gaining 12 points
1: off of this actually if if i run in double attack and take two rangers off the and have the potential to like take two rangers off the board it's like I think okay that, if luke's at 15 you're probably around two or three he's probably already made a couple attacks gotten use of points yep yep sometimes it can be worth it to go out in the blaze of glory look right. at your look at your points totals absolutely and then uh and then that's actually moves in uh looking at your points totals that actually moves into my last point of keep an eye on your long-term uh plan absolutely uh, in the end, at least until they implement an MOV system for this game, it doesn't matter if your opponent has 0 or 39 as long as you get to 41st. Yep. Uh, so if if it can be sometimes worth it to say, oh, Luke's going to die. I'm going to rush him in and take some units down with me because that gets me closer to 40 points than the 12 points will get you.
0: Right. Or, see, and this is even what I'd say, right? Vice versa. If your opponent's at... 20 already, let's say. Oh, then... Like, I don't think you want... You don't want Luke Skywalker to die because that swing is... he's It moves him too close to the goal right. line, yeah, right? Yeah, then, like, then it's time for Luke to... Ditch. Giddy on it's out. It's time to bounce, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I think your point is really well stated because... And especially since this is such a weakness of mine is that I'm very... As the game goes on, like, I get more... Fa- In the beginning, right, I'm not focused on it because 0-0-40 feels like an eternity away. Right. And then as the game goes on, I get fatigued and I get so dipped into the minutia of... Like the battles, like how am right. I doing in terms of strategically on this board versus my opponent? Like, am I in com- am I am I in control? As offensively, right. am I neutered or however you want to say it? Right. But I forget. I like stop paying attention to the points, and that's why. You, and you really should. That, that happened to me. Some that happens to me sometimes too, and usually yeah. to bad effect. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna
1: say uh, I'm not perfect about any of these points. I, it's like do as
0: I say, not as I do. Type situation going on here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, that's fine. I mean, again, it's every all players have their variables yeah. in like. How they perform or, you know, just, I'm not like, sure. just like your dice, right? We, exactly. we have our ups and downs. Yeah. It's like sometimes you don't draw the cards you need, sometimes you don't draw the
1: dice you need. Just keep going. Yeah, exactly. You can still, exactly. like, unless it's literally impossible, like I've seen some points where it's like, oh, I literally don't have enough units left to win. I'm just going to go ahead and concede now and we can both go get a snack, Right. And, or something like that. Uh, but like I don't know if you've played chess, Eric. But I know a lot of people listening probably have. Mm, uh, at least familiar some, with it. <laughs> yeah. Some some units are pawns or knights or bishops. They can just be like, if you can plop your three p out there, like and make them a tempting target, draw their opponent, draw their people out of position. Just I, I've done that before. It's like, oh look, oh three p is gonna walk up, focus this guy, and uh, oh look, he's in the middle of everywhere. He's easy prey they move up take him out oh look now you're out of position ig
0: moves in double attack you're dead yeah yeah and I, again i i feel like there's a lot of it's kind of interesting in imperial because there's a lot of psychological mistakes you make yeah like the same way that i was kind of describing when a figure is at one health right your your intuition is that oh they're out of the game yeah same thing with c3p i feel like when i i'll try and protect i won't use him as a pawn a lot of the time because i'm like oh he's so low health i need to protect him right like no. i need to coddle him.
1: No, no. Well, he's, and he's
0: just not that valuable. He's coming back next round anyway. Well, and in a lot of ways, right, like the first focus is, that's that's most of his value, right? right. If, you, if you think about most games going three rounds, uh, the bulk of the value of C-3PO is one focus, but like we're on our yeah, way. One focus, like, uh, well, the
1: current list I'm running, I have Jawas to hold the terminal, so I don't even need him for that anymore. So it's focus, move him up to a place where he can pass his evades uh, to... Adjacent people. Yeah, which is. I was gonna say, if you can get one focus and block one two damage surge out of them, you don't need them for anything else. Anything else
0: after that is pure gravy. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I'll have to try. I have to try this sometime. But I've been really been meaning to run them with some Gamorians because I I occasionally face people who run them with Gomorians and when those like when three or four Gamorians are bunched with C three PO adjacent to them. Oh yeah. It is the most scary. obnoxious thing to attack in the world. Yeah, it's so slow. dumb.
1: Yeah, it's like. Well, I was talking about Boba Fett earlier
0: about how it's nearly impossible
1: to kill half the time. Yeah. I really hope
0: he has a he has an upgrade coming in Heart of the Empire. Oh, that'd be so nice. He uh yeah, for reference, Boba Fett gets an innate plus one block, plus one evade, evade, and rolls a black dice. Yeah, so he's like two dice
1: attacks, don't touch him. Yeah, basically don't
0: do anything. Yeah. Like do one. It's crazy.
1: But, um, uh, but that's the... Uh, we're nearing the end of our time here. We're getting so close, yeah. Yeah. So that's my six points, but I'm actually going to drop in a bonus one. I like uh, this one. This is one yeah. of my favorites. Uh, this is, like, rule number... Like, the golden rule of gaming. DBAD. Don't be a dick.
0: True. Don't so, be rude. That's not...
1: Like, nobody likes the boastful winner. Nobody likes the sore loser. We both we both know some people who, uh, who lose really poorly and, like, get really salty. Absolutely. And that's... That's no fun. Like i'm I'm saying all these things about here, be like have your efficiency, know your stuff. you're still there to have fun. like uh, I' like I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast also have fun by you know, getting really deep into stuff, analyzing, right. doing doing numbers exactly,
0: exactly that's fun to me. so that's why I like doing this, but don't be a dick. exactly, yeah. and see I'll, I'm sure I'll repeat myself in other podcasts because I'm sure this'll come up in other interviews, but well, this idea of like just really you it's so important to follow the rule that you just gave out because people, the Imperial Soul community is not that big. No, it's not that big. It's around. Yeah. And people, and people definitely talk like I, I try to not, if someone does something rude to me, like I try not to spread it around. Right. But right. Like I, I've definitely sat down for casual nights, like at our local game store where people are playing and like, it comes up like people, people will talk about people who oh, yeah. are like, rude in games. It's like any other community. There's
1: going to be some gossip or if, or some friendly warnings about people to stay away from like and I know that sometimes uh, like whenever I go to tournaments uh, in my local community or at worlds because I've met a lot of people there now it's like so I know them a little bit it's like sometimes I'll look at the matchup sheet and be like oh man I love playing with like Whenever I get paired up with Tim, it's like I that know is, we're,
0: we're gonna have some great trash. Talk. This is gonna be, be- fun. <laughs> it's the best feeling to get paired with someone who you're like, I know they're a fun player. Like right. I know they're just gonna be nice. Right. If they're gonna crush me. And then <laughs> sometimes you get paired up. It's like, man, this guy just takes everything way too seriously. This yep, isn't gonna yep. be any fun. Yeah. yeah and those. And the best part is, I like that you practiced this point because you're just telling me about a game that, a game against Tim actually, like where it's like, oh, you're gonna lose, but he was just able to, he was able to roll some white dice, like get some dodges. Yeah. Like just. And it's like in so many ways, like that's situation. Three times he rolled X Men when I would have killed his units. Right, like, and Argh! and that's a, and, and that's a situation where you really want to be upset because you don't feel like you did anything wrong. Right, and you, and the truth is you
1: didn't. Right? right. Exactly, and like, well, I had the same thing happen to me when I played Magic the Gathering a few times. Of like, I made no mistakes, but I still lost. That will happen, and like, that's just part of playing games. And uh, it anyway. sucks at it sucks at the time, but don't get salty because exactly. nobody likes a salt lord.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely
1: and uh yeah and also on that watch out for tilt
0: yeah, tilting absolutely. is
1: like uh well for people who don't know that it's like kind of a game term i learned in magic but actually comes from poker where you get like flustered from either your own mistakes or just bad luck yeah you get flustered from that and then you just start making worse and worse and worse decisions yeah absolutely so like i've had that happen to me i've seen it happen to other people sometimes you just have to like be like, okay. Sorry opponent, I'm gonna go like take a lap around the room here quick and then sit back
0: down two minutes out of
1: your game and you'll feel a lot
0: better. Yeah, that's actually great advice because I don't I don't think I've ever had anyone do that with me and I've never like, done that. Go with on uh, just get up and take a walk or go on tilt. Oh, I've definitely had people go on tilt, but <laughs> but and again it takes a lot it does take a lot of emotional maturity, right? To right. recognize like, look, I am opponent. You're not doing anything wrong to me. Yeah. I am in a very bad mood based on what is happening in this game yeah. right now. Like, uh, I as, mean a t- as a TO, I've had to talk to people a few times. It's like, you know
1: what? Between rounds, just go take a walk. Come back. And I understand that dice suck sometimes. But that happens. That's just Go yeah. take a walk. It's come what the back. Game is, and you're yep. good.
0: Okay, Jake. I think it's time for us to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, Kurt's uh, Kurt's circling the
1: room out here, wanting to get in for his interview. So yeah, he's like he's like Jaws. Like <laughs> we're on the boat here. Right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I just watched the movie. That's why I'm saying.
1: Um, yeah, and we all know that Kurt's such a like such a mean and impatient person. He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hear this. Probably you're gonna be in trouble, <laughs> Kurt you're awesome and I'm joking. <laughs> okay Jake it's been an honor I was I'm so happy you agreed to do this uh, you've always been someone who's been incredibly friendly when we talk when right. we play in every aspect of this yeah. game well, so as yeah, as Tim said in his store championship, I love to hear my own voice. I love to hear my own name. I'm always glad to just get my stuff out there. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I'll have to try and get you on again. I know it's hard because we don't live that close to each other. But Well, I mean, I come down to like some of my best friends in the world live in the city, so I get down there fairly Mm -hmm. often. Well, okay. We'll try and work something out. Yeah. But, hey, thank you so much for doing this. This was wonderful. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, some great advice. We'll talk to you you. soon. Yeah, talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Bye.